At Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you that the world as we know it would not exist without the number zero. Which is why, at Mountain Dew, we'd like to recognize the number zero for making Mountain Dew Zero Sugar possible. Even with no sugar, it packs all of the bold citrus kick Dew Nation knows and loves. It's so good, you have no reason not to try it. As in zero. Get it? Crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. It's zero sugar. All do. This is WWE Hall of Famer, The Think, Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Nerd Coalition. Welcome to No Gimmicks Needed. Yes! 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 If you can survive, if I let you. You have to be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! The kids do big that sucker. Do I have everybody's attention now? Yeah, I hear you, CM Pump. Welcome back to the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. A and E, and of course, my co-host, not Dion Sanson. Prime time. Suck y'all, it's me, it's me, the T-R-I-M-E. We are coming back here, y'all, with another podcast. Episode 190, 10 episodes from 200. Okay, and I'm still trying to plan on something special for that show. We are back here with the No Gimmicks University Podcast. And, man, what a newsworthy week that we got coming up. We are coming up on the Grand Slam for AEW Dynamite. Yeah, I am looking forward to that next week. Along with, so, uh... I don't know how I'm going to do those do those reviews just yet, but uh, I'll figure out something. But in the meantime, uh, we got that. But, of course, the Dark Side of the Ring came back. Like I, I told y'all last week, that Dark Side of the Rings came back September 16th every single Thursday. And me and Prime are going to go right back to record uh, reviewing episodes as they come. And this one was about to play ride from hell. And, man... Let me tell you how a lot of people who went into this documentary did not come out looking good in this documentary. And it was something that already was said over the years, stuff like that. But uh, I had to go do some research and do some clarifications about certain things that kind of happened on there that the producers actually got wrong. So, uh, can we talk about that and everything like that? But first, before we do that, let's uh, make sure we get the bills paid. Make sure you guys check out SpacesFully.com. Uh, SpacesFully is a production that we are a part of that helps out all uh, black podcasts in Philly and, of course, podcasts from all around the city. Uh, make sure you guys check out the, the content they have on their channel, such as the, the Market Dark Show, both sides, Lulu and Pop Plus One and Lulu and Pop Horror Series, especially with Halloween coming up. And also make sure you guys check out, oh, and doing business with, business with Mark Randall. Check out the Nerd Coaches content on there as well, such as the No, the no Gimmicks Eater Wrestling Podcast, Nerdgasm Talk Podcast, Turntables, Hip Hop Culture, and Beyond, and of course, Drunk Thoughts. Make sure you guys also check us out on all the podcast apps, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Check out the snippets that we have on YouTube. As we don't put up the full podcast, we do put up the snippets and we are going to return to the No Gimmicks Needed Rewind to put up some of the other Dark Side of the Ring episodes that you guys may have missed that uh, that we put up before. We're going to do it in the rewind format. 
Also, make sure you guys check out my main man, Prime Times Podcast, the Prime Nostalgia Podcast, every single Friday with him and his co-host, Lee Boy TV. Man, it's on. It's an entertaining watch. Make sure you guys check it out. What, what y'all talk about this past week, Prime? Uh, this past week, we did um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, did y'all do, 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 do a review about it? Yeah, so we we uh doing Disney Plus Month. So this week was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. All right. Well, well, we did that, and then also, uh, make sure you guys check out the Prime conversations as well. Also, make sure you go give love to the website, the the Real Nerd Coalition dot com, where you guys can get all your merch and stuff like that. And check out my main man Q Flows the Wardrobe. He will be back on the podcast soon enough. I'm gonna make sure I get him for episode two hundred on this podcast at least because I'm thinking about doing some things and bring some. I'm actually thinking about bringing the draft back. Yeah, okay. But you know, I'm thinking about doing a AEW. Yeah, okay. So you know, so we never know. We gotta see how things uh work itself out. I should say at least. But uh, yeah, so um, interesting stuff. But uh, first off, right now we gotta just uh go right on into. It. We might as well start off what the week was because Dark Side of the Ring came back September 16th. So. I may had to make sure that I was plopped out for this episode, and at first I ended up being busy because I had I had I had to work. And QFlow texts us in the group that yo they ripping Ric Flair and Tommy Dreamer. I'm like, why? And I didn't see the episode, so I'm sitting there thinking to myself, why? What the, what the hell are you talking about? Especially when you mention Tommy Dreamer. Like, come on now. And then uh, you text and said, Dark Side of the Ring. I was just like, okay. Like, because it was just like, I, I I was in the same kind of boat that you was like, I thought we kind of knew the episode, knew, knew the kind of outcome, stuff like that we, we had. Then I went back and watched the episode, and I was like, oh, now I see what y'all talking about. Now, before we get into this episode, there's a couple things we got to clarify. The, everybody, because there's been so many opinions and stuff going around on social media. And I had to get, because I even had some of my facts wrongs. Because I was of the, I, I was of the assumption that Vincent Linda was on this, on this plane. Because I was, I was telling her, I was like, didn't Kurt Angle shoot Russell, Vince, and Undertaker chokes, and choked him out, stuff like that? Well, I had to do my research. The industrious pay-per-view that they was doing was a raw show. So, at the, when they do the draft, there was the, that was, Kurt Angle said it was a plane ride from hell, but that was a different plane ride. Because all this stuff, there have been multiple plane rides from hell. But this is the one that's been mostly documented. The one with Kurt Angle and The Undertaker and Vince McMahon and all stuff like that was another plane ride. According to sources, Vince McMahon wasn't on this plane ride. And if he was, and was that negligent, because once again, you know, we can say what we want about Vince and certain things like that, but Vince is all about PR. All about PR. Whether you want to think so or not, Vince is all about PR. And half that shit ain't going down when the boss is there when it comes to PR. He may not give a shit in real life, but for PR, he does give a shit. So... I had to go because Kurt Angle, Undertaker, Jericho, and somebody else were on a house show 
back in the States when this plane ride from hell happened. So they were not on the plane at the existing time. But we got interviews from Tommy Dreamer, Rob Van Dam, just incredible. Talk about, you know, Ric Flair, Kurt Henning, Brock, Michael. Barely got hurt with me. I, I, I said Rob Van Dam. Barely got RVD. <laughs> okay, barely got RVD. I said like that. So, talk about this 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 plane right from and we finally get one of the flight attendants that was actually on there uh, and getting her side of the story for the first time. It's been about this thing is nineteen years old, and for the first time now, Ric Flair was on a podcast. What was the name of that podcast? It had a had had that weird name to it. Do you remember what the podcast was, Brian? I didn't even know Ric Flair did podcasts. Well, he he was he was talking to this girl about this podcast, and he says that she she asked him about the Dark Side of the Ring episode. He says, "Yeah, I know about that," but he says, "We'll, we'll see how we will see how it goes because I was there. I know what happened, and if any if." if I'll get ready to throw out names if the heat comes down on me. That is me paraphrasing of what um excuse me of what he of what he said. And I'm just like oh boy. <laughs> so uh we, we go into the story and there's so much stuff that is going in on the story of what they're talking about. So they were in this induction period. Back in the day, WWE used to do these uh, UK shows. What was it? Rebellion and Industrious, right? Oh, excuse me, Dan. What was I saying? Insurrection. My bad. Well, they would do these UK shows. And then they would fly over. This is back. This is back. Because I remember, I remember we used to get the pay per view for Rebellion or something like that. And they had this obscure main event that you'd be like, this ain't part. When this happened, remember they had like The Rock versus Triple H versus Brock Lesnar, the Triple Threat match? Oh, yeah. That's when he first came back. And I was just like, what is this? So, yeah, but those are the UK shows which kept out the limelight. So, they were on their way back. And they said that the the plane was, uh, because it was bad weather, they were delayed on the tarmac for seven hours. And within that seven hours, the wrestlers went through, or the boys, went through three carts of liquor. So they are already total. Three carts of liquor. That, 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 that's an insane amount of liquor, especially on a, on a pilot cart, to go through all them carts of liquor. That, that, y'all just... Doing some crazy ass drinking uh, on there. I mean, it's it, it just incredible. Even said that even if they didn't want to give him any more cards, Flair would have tossed him a couple thousand of dollars. He was going to get that cart of liquor. No matter what happened, he was going to get that cart of liquor. So they, they talked to just incredible, mostly uh, RVD, Tommy Dreamer, Jim Ross about the things that, that was going on. Uh, in there, so they were. There's this one story talking about Bradshaw had got this uh, cut on his forehead, and in that cut, uh, it got stitched up. Michael Hayes, for some 
reason decides that he wants to open up brush or cut and hits him right in the fucking face with it. Of all people, so Bradshaw gets up and knocks Michael Hayes the hell out. <laughs> so, meanwhile, while Michael Hayes is knocked out, Sean Waltman, aka X Pac, comes over and cuts Michael Hayes' ponytail off. And he's he's out. Like he he's he, he's laid out. I don't know if they put one, one of the pills in, in the drinks, but RVD comes out and says, "Look." They used to put these kind of pills. Do you remember what the name of the drug was? Uh, is it CHP? I think. In, in in the drink, so they'll knock the people out, and they can they can they can rib them, and however they they, they want to do it. Even the women, and you know, take off their clothes, or do whatever they want to women, which is not good. And Jim Ross was saying, you you would not dare leave your drink open. To anybody back at the at the at during that time. And I was just like, oh God, we we, we really about to get, you know, uh in and dirty into this into this shit. So they talked about Kurt Henning and how Kurt Henning was a prankster himself. And especially during all his Mr. Perfect days. So he takes the shaving cream, puts it on Brock Lesnar's head. And slaps him. Brock wouldn't like that. Did like that. Wouldn't like that. Now he damn sure ain't like it then. So Brock goes and starts chasing this guy and beating this guy up on the plane and breaking the chairs on the plane, uh, roughing Kurt Henning up. And so finally they hit like their back emergency door. Now the flight attendant made clear that. At, at 30,000 feet up in the air, that door was not going to come open. Physically impossible. But they did hit one of the emergency hatch things where if that had gone off, they would have to land a plane. And where are you going to land a plane? Over the Atlantic Ocean. So, but that was enough for for all the other for all the other guys to be like, yo, yo, chill the fuck out, chill the fuck out. Terry Rose is on there. I'll get to Terry Rose in a minute. Uh, Dustin Rose is on there. It's his ex-wife. He's on there drunk. He grabs the the flight attendant's microphone and uh, starts, you know, playing and bullshitting on the microphone until later at night where he starts singing uh, this song to Terry Reynolds and is embarrassing the hell out of her. And so Jim Ross, because Jim Ross said he can't, he can't carry a tune to the bucket. And he came to the back and told him he needed, he needed to, you know, to sit his ass down. And these were the st- different stories that were just going on. And they was talking about in uh, the playoff from Hell. Scott Hall's already passed the fuck out from uh, all that drink. Because we already know that they were doing no favors bringing Scott Hall back in the first place. Especially bringing him on that trip. Especially after they knew all his substance abuse problems. Now before we get into, you, you know, the problem is like, like how are you taking it so far? Talk about the whole the whole thing so far. Yeah, but before we get into you know who. Well, no, the whole thing so far. I'm kind of like, okay, I kind of I know this story. I kind of know where this is going. I know this. So at, at this point, I'm like, okay, I I I, I see they getting into it. So I'm, I'm kind of just waiting on what's what's about to happen. So then they then they talk about Ric Flair. Ric Flair, and he comes 
and he has just his robe on. And by this time, Ric Flair's in his 50s. Okay, so y'all know that. And he's wearing no clothes under his robe. And he has his, he's working his hips to the point where he's spinning around his his dick like a helicopter. And this is where Tommy Dreamer comes in and is interviewed and talking about Ric Flair and how he would do it. You know, even Mike Kyoto was on here. And I was just like, he didn't come off in a good light neither. Nobody true kind of really did in this episode in the first place. Uh, so then we talk about talks to the fire attendant. And she talks about in the back where the bathroom and the food area of his ass is kind of narrow. Ric Flair counters her back there as he's just sw- swinging his jump. And he's asking her to, to touch it. And of course she don't want to touch it. But then he takes her hand and makes her touch it. And this happens for several minutes until Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Goldust, told Ric Flair that you need to stop. Out of all the people on that plane, that's the one who told Ric Flair he needs to stop. And then, later on, she went to go ask Scott Hall if he needed it because he would be passed out. Then he woke up and just said, I'm going to lick you. And I was like, that's gross. Well, he said the whole thing, but I guess for Dark Side, she didn't want to say that. But what was it that he said? Because I didn't get that. To- he, he, he said the cat. That's what he said. Oh, oh, so he, he okay. Well, he looked, he looked the face. And then she said, you know what? I'm done. She goes to the back and she stays back there in the kitchen area until that plane lands. She's done with this shit. When they get off, they find syringes and tobacco spit from dusting in one of the seats and just alcohol and drugs. The, the plane is trash. And JR even said that if an FBI agent came off, uh, the FBI would have been waiting for us if they had known how what we did on this plane or trash this plane. So, the flight attendant lady goes and she she wants to comes out a couple years later her and another flight attendant want to press charges but they have a settlement outside of court uh for you know a certain amount of money this is where tommy dreamer goes left for me i don't have word for word uh what tommy dreamer said but this is what tommy because tommy dreamer said at no, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. At no point will Ric Flair try to force himself or, or, or any kind of woman or any kind of situation like that and become a sexual predator of, any, of anything like that. And if this, but this is Ric Flair, this is what he does, and it was a joke. And it looks like somebody, as he wrote his eyes, got offended by his joke. Uh, uh, somebody got offended by it. And he said, so if you wanted to put this person uh, in jail, I wouldn't have settled it out of court. I would have forced it to the heaviest extent of the law and make sure that this monster is in jail. 
that's paraphrasing and what I'm doing and what I'm saying is not giving it justice of how Tommy Dreamer delivered that line and how he looked when he said that. I was dumbfounded. Because you gotta say something. I've met Tommy Dreamer personally. I have not I'm not talking about, hey, let me meet Tommy Dreamer and let's have take a picture and move on. No, I have sat down and have talked to Tommy Dreamer on multiple occasions. And he, everybody in the wrestling business before this episode has respect for Tommy, for Tommy Dreamer. Can, can we agree on that, Prime? Yeah, we can agree. Like, have you ever met Tommy Dreamer? I pretty, you, you, you've been a lot, around a lot of wrestlers also. Have you met Tommy Dreamer? Uh, no, Tommy is more in the Philly area. I've not. Well, I, okay, I, obviously, for those who know, I'm in the Philly area, he's in the Florida area. But uh, I, Tommy Jimmer stays at that 2300 arena. He, he so. damn sure do. I ain't gonna lie to you on that, but he damn sure do. I have talked to him when he has come to Keystone Comic Con. He brought his rings there. I have talked to him when he was in the 2300 arena. Just casual conversation. The guy is a, he, he's a nice guy, and he is, um, He's very respected. That does not give him any pass or an excuse for what the fuck he said. What he said was absolutely crazy. It's it's victim shaming. It's so many things. Like so, Impact had to finally do something about because he gave Impact he gave Impact. Uh, a bad look, and they had to suspend him. And I'm surprised that Impact ain't fired him. I am surprised, and uh, I don't know what Tommy Dreamer was thinking because he had nothing to really do with this plane ride from hell bullshit. I mean, he right did shit, but I mean, like, but there's no uh, big stories I know about Tommy Dreamer on this plane ride from hell, and. He, I was like, he probably just volunteered just to do, just to do it. But I was just like, but, 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 dude, this is. I think he. I don't see the way that he said it and the way that he meant it is two different things for you. What you shouldn't do, because like uh, everyone knows the stories of Ric Flair. It's always that he's always wearing a robe with nothing. Like Sting has said this multiple times. Seems that he's like the most naked person that's ever lived because of how he does that. But I think Tommy didn't. Tommy seen it as one of the boys joking rather than uh, a female involved in, in what he did. But here's like, if it's, I guess if it's just the boys joking, they're gonna have a good time. But like, then when you add what he did, then that's when it's probably different. And right. Tommy just, I don't, I don't know. But here's the thing. That's the problem we're going through now. That's the problem we're going through in this world right now. Look, you gotta look at it this way. Tommy Dreamer got two daughters, right? If Tommy, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about, I think he, well, I'm not trying to say how you meant it, whatever. I'm trying to say like, aside from the flight attendant, aside from that, I, he, I, I'm assuming he says this is what he does all the time. But here's the thing, he the brought her into it. He I, brought her into it. Yes. That's you can't you can't, that that automatically. Because first of all, it's like this. He got two daughters. I have a daughter. See, people can't talk this shit if you not the person. That's how they... 
that is how this. I, I'm not gonna say what I really, really want to say, but what I'm saying, but that is the problem. What's going on in this world today? You got these people out here talking. Like, are you a are you a woman? You just because you don't get offended by it, does not mean somebody's gonna get offended by it. I'm not. <laughs> What'd you say? No, I was saying. No, I'm talking about I Tommy saying, Dreamer. I'm talking about Tommy Dreamer. Not you. I know what I'm saying. Tommy, because I read his little statement, I said I would assume that he sees it as they're all playing because Flair does that all the time. Not with the fight attendant involved. But then when she was involved, I guess he still but, could not separate the two. That's what I'm saying. It, but, it, but even still, if Flair does it all the time, like RVD said, the shit's still wrong. I'm not talking about to to anybody. I'm talking about just to himself. I, I'm just saying, but just to say, but that's fine. If Ric Flair, if if Tommy Dreamer came on there and just said, "Man, that that's Ric Flair being Ric Flair," I'm like, okay, but Ric Flair being Ric Flair is just not okay. You know, whether how he's talking about it or whether he just feels like this is him doing that shit with the boys. Because first of all. I'm not having no 50-some-year-old man swing his dick around in my me, face as a me man. Me neither. Me neither, but no, I no, guess they thought it was funny. No, I don't no, know why they would thought, think that's funny. He thought that shit was funny. I don't know why they would think that's funny, but Tommy Dreamer is a, is a gross funny. dude, but I'm just saying, but he thought that shit was funny. And after a while, Flair ain't, because even on the story time episode when they talked about that, it wasn't a plane right from hell. It was another issue because Flair does this all the time. Yes, but is a woman involved somewhere? Yes, that's now, the problem. Now it's, now it's a different story. But what I'm saying is, probably ninety to ninety nine percent of the time that Flair is doing, I, I will even put a risk on it and say a hundred percent of the time Flair is doing that bullshit. There are women around. All right, could be. I don't know. Could be that. Because because. If there's, it's, it's it's different when you're in the men's locker room, right? Okay, we if you play sports and you all got to take a shower, bow by you, you hand your business, and keep it keep it moving. But you ain't gonna be in your robe, swinging that shit in my face. And it, it's it's not it's not a homophobic thing or not. I'm just saying you're not gonna be swinging that your your old ass dick in my face. And, like and again, he, I don't know why the boys would think this is funny. Like this is the part I'm on. I don't understand why that's funny. Like I still don't know, but it's a, it's a, but the only person that the, the, the thing is funny is Tommy Dreamer, and the way he's making it seem like well somebody got offended. You're damn right, somebody got offended. That, that, that's tone yeah, that, deaf. That whole speech was not. That whole speech was weird. Like my hair's missing. My, yeah. <laughs> my, my I got a ponytail on the ponytail. Tommy Dreamer is talking like one of those. It, 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 uh, look, I'm gonna be honest. Look, I have no problem. I, I, this is it's not to be racial. Tommy Dreamer talk like one of them entitled white guys. That's exactly what it, what it is. They get to do whatever the fuck they want and don't pay no repercussions for that shit. No, that's not what it is. Because you know what? He said something like this back when... Remember when the whole Tessa Blanchard thing happened when, when uh, the whole racist thing came out? Mm-hmm. And he said the same thing. Tessa was with a black guy. So she can't be racist. Why can't she be? Are we sure you can say What would you say? I was gonna say I reached out with the show, but I'm kidding. Uh, uh, that don't mean nothing. He said, "Well, she never did any stuff around me." You not black? How are you gonna? Uh, t- uh, that- <laughs> <Wait a minute. laughs> 
Well, that, well that's supposed to be his signal of she she don't say nothing around me and I'm white, so you know, we, we can't see nothing around each other, then you know she knows is that what he was trying to say? That's what it makes sense. So it's like, so how do you, how the hell are you gonna tell somebody that somebody's not being racist if they not, you're not the black person, you're not the the, the Spanish person, you, you, you're not that, per, you're not that person. So so how are you going, how are you gonna know that? So is Tommy dreaming the woman? No, he's not the woman in this part. So it's like, so how does he know what Ric Flair? Uh, if it's a fella, Ric Flair ain't swinging his dick around. He's not swinging Space Mountain around for a joke. If nature's styling and profiling, nature's not spinning that thing around for no joke. And he talk about and anybody talk about some people get offended about everything. I'm like, bruh, you gotta understand something. This I will say everything is is being is being heightened in this era, especially in 2021. Everything is being heightened in this era, but you gotta understand something. It's just now people are understanding that what was wrong, what what, what is wrong, what the problems are. They're bringing it to light and saying you can't do that no more. And when when like Undertaker did, did that interview, talk about some, it was different back in the day because nobody. It was wrong then. It's wrong now. It's just that the difference well, is somebody that. saying something we're, and people giving a shit. We're going to be talking sh- about Undertaker next week. Say what? We're going to be talking about Undertaker next week. Oh, God. He got that Canyon show, right? Yep. Did he do? Did, did he say something to Canyon? Uh, <laughs> he said oh, a see, lot. Because <laughs> I, I, I know the story of Canyon, but I don't know the story of Canyon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know Undertaker probably going to be in the same spot next week. <laughs> God. Uh... So, Tommy Dreamer's comments came off as asinine, tone death, and all that stuff. And the flight attendant. And first of all, he I hate people talking about stuff. Well, if that's the case, why aren't you using the full sense of law? Bruh, do you not... Do you, she wanted to. Her husband said don't do it because <coughs> the embarrassment that will come down and on her. And he didn't want that on his kids. Then... The, the plane that she was working on that goes and, and travels professional sports teams throughout this thing is a bad look on mm-hmm. them if this had happened. So they, they, they want to say that they want to keep the settlement. How can you tell people to go do the fullest extent of the law and put people in there when the law ain't on their side? That's mm-hmm. a privileged asshole right there who do not get it. And it, it, it pissed me off because I know Tommy Dreamer. I don't know him personally, personally, but this, from the times I met, talked to him, this guy seems like a, a, a nice guy, an understanding guy. He, he, did, he did everything for everybody, and, bruh, he damn near didn't. I had to force myself to pay him to take a picture with him. That's how humble he was to us. And the people that was in there. Shit, I know people that, 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 that will up the prices to get money, Leo Rush. But I ain't going to say nothing else. I'm Ooh, just saying... Um, I don't think we care about... Right now, let me start. Say what? What was that one time? It was that one point. What? what? was that one point? When people cared about that guy. Oh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I was just... I, I was a little, a little dumbfounded by it. And I, even when my wife was watching, she was like, what the fuck is wrong with him? And I was just like, I don't get it either. Now, and she never came on there bashing Ric Flair, not one bit. 
She even gave him a compliment in the beginning, talking about how he was nice to them and, and flirtatious with them. But then, this is what the shit that happened. She never come on and talk about some. He should be fired, be reprimanded. Somebody. He did. She say she just told up the, the story of what happened. So then, the Jr. says, "Well, we we fired Kurt Henning. We fired Scott Hall as soon as the thing landed because Scott Hall." Could not wake up from his drugged out coma, so Justin Credible had to put him in a wheelchair with sunglasses on, like weekend at Bernie's, to get him through custom. So yeah, that guy was out. Then you ask yourself, the, the narrator says, "So you did all this? Oh, and he didn't fire Dustin because he felt as though that would have been too harsh. We did suspend him because he was he was." No, nah, they they did. What did they what fired him? Yeah. So he was there. They either suspended him and then fired him, but he did get fired from this incident. Uh, no, that was because remember, two thousand two. This happened two thousand two. Two thousand two is when he he started doing the whole. Yes, they gave him the uh, the Booker T thing as punishment. Then after the Booker T thing, they fired him. I don't see how the Booker T is punishment. To be honest with you, because he he loved that tape. Well, they tried to. Well, you know, it's it's not in the mainstream. I don't. But uh-huh. anyways. Because they, they did fire him from this, and then that's when he went on his 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 uh black reign. Yeah, they're black. Oh, they're TNA, right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay, but the narrator says, "So how come all this stuff happened, and nothing happened to Ric Flair?" And Jr. was quiet for a minute. He and he just straight without even without even blinking an eye, he straight like said, "Cause Ric Flair's a made man." He told the truth. That's what it is. He's a made. Man, this happens in sports and any kind of high-profile stuff all the time. There is a privilege of being a superstar in Hollywood or in sports. There is. Ric Flair was the main man. Ric Flair can get. He's gonna get away with that shit. Mm-hmm. He brings. He brings money to the company. He sells tickets. He's Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. He does. It's, it's it's the same thing when you see. Well, Michael Jordan can get away with a lot of shit because he's Michael fucking Jordan. It's just the way it yeah. is. I, I still don't think he like did anything Ric Flair did. Who, Michael Jordan? Yeah. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he did. I'm not saying any of the big no, names I'm saying, I mentioned. If, if he, but I'm saying if he did, more than likely he would get away with it. But Slayer, I could have sworn he quote unquote lived a character, so I thought it was like known that he was he was doing this stuff or or close to doing all this. Well, here's the thing. It is known, but it's once again that you things come back into the light. And sometimes... It's just like how people didn't know that Snooker was a murderer. Exactly. Things come back. First of all, Snooker was going with 30 years. They, 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 when that guy wrote that article, and then all of a sudden it just came back up, and the next thing you know, he was, uh, you know, being convicted now. Finally, thirty years later, it just it's how this stuff happens. The the, the, the truth is never going to go silent for, for for so long. It, it just came back up into light, and now this whole Ric Flair thing came back up, and, and and it was just like, hold on, because if I'm Tony Khan, I'm not hiring Ric Flair right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not hiring Ric Flair. Ric Flair is going to bring negative press to. AW when AW is on the right track right now and they don't need none of that. Tony Khan 
has not hired Tessa Blanchard. Tony Khan has banned Hogan and his wife from AEW. He did that at the beginning of AEW. So, as much of a fan of Flair he is, or a friend of Flair he is, be like, yeah, that little horseman reunion ain't worth it right now. It's not. And probably the the shit that Flair should have experienced back then, he's probably going, this shit going to come back to haunt He know this shit going to come back to haunt him. And that's why he said when he said that podcast, because he know he going to take down people he can take down with him. Yeah. We was all doing it. <laughs> you know, see, he may call himself, just incredible, had his dick down. Like, no, it don't matter. That's what, what it was. And even RVD was just like, hey, is anybody going to stop this shit? Like, RVD didn't come off really that great neither, but he didn't come off as worse as uh, Dreamer, uh, Mike Kyoto, or or any of them came off because Mike Kyoto just laughed it off like it's just the boys being the boys. Like, no, it's not. That ain't right. Shit, you doing ain't right. And RVD was sitting and saying like, "Yo, see, but that's the thing though. It was never right, and that was just their like, that was their like, what do you call it? Excuse for it." Yeah, but see, even RVD when you make it, RVD said, you know, it wasn't right then. Yeah, it was never it right, happened. like ever. But it I'm saying, but back then, right. they didn't look at it as not being right. They looked at it as it just being the boys. Yeah, that was always their excuse that they tell themselves, and they still tell themselves that excuse to this day, and they don't even see that it's not right. And I did, I did ask for a Tommy Dreamer. Uh, messed up at and that he did but probably, it's like uh-huh. but it's like they tell them like if someone was to tell them that it's not right they would they would be the ones that's offended because they were like how you, it was like they don't see it that way and it's 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 weird but they don't see it that way it's like it's like you tell me something i've been doing for 30 years it's not right well you and know it's what? not but they, they don't you know they don't they, see they, they it one thing that they look. They be one thing that they write. I am under the impression, and from what I have learned in my life, is that if it don't bother you, you're not going to learn from it. Pretty much. And that's the true thing. How If racism don't bother you, how are you going to learn from it? If sexism... make you uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah but if, if sexism doesn't bother you, how are you going to learn from it? You're not going to learn from anything unless it makes you uncomfortable. And if you don't want to be uncomfortable, then you're not going to learn anything. That's the God's honest truth. Anything you have to learn. It's like this. Say if you had to learn when you're in school and you have to learn about the Holocaust, right? Uh It makes you uncomfortable. You know why? Because it was a dark period in this in history, was it not? It was. You learn about the Titanic. Mm-hmm. It's going to make you uncomfortable because you're talking about hundreds of people dying mm-hmm. in the water. It's going to make you uncomfortable because you have to learn the truth. Because that's what it was a dark period. That's what especially all when uh, especially when WWE saved uh, saved America. Saved America. Look. If you want to like truly learn about 9-11, it's uncomfortable. 
It's un. That's what it is. To, to learn something, you're going to have to go through a level of uncomfort, or excuse me, discomfort, and, and that's just the truth. And uh, people like Tommy Dreamer, right now, who make comments like this, are clearly tone deaf of what's going on. Now he 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 claimed that he made a statement, of you know apologizing because it's PR. That's what he had to do. Whether he meant it or not is what he had to do because he probably looks at it like so, he said I, I didn't I, I, I paraphrase it said I didn't mean to victim shame anybody. Yeah, you did. Yes, you did. And the stuff that this lady was going through, and it's like you're telling her all the shit that she needs to you know uh, what she should have did to Rick to Rick Flair if he was truly a monster. I mean, bro, that what? It, I'm scared to know what. This, what are the stories that we don't know? It's a lot. It's a lot. So, I, look, next week when it comes to to that Canyon episode, I I am very curious because I know Canyon had a lot of had a lot of issues. I know Canyon was a homosexual, and I know if they found out about that. Like I said, I, don't, I ain't know if, 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 if I thought I thought his secret came out after he died. No. So that's why I was like, I gotta go back. I, I gotta really listen to, you know, the Canyon thing. So you gotta, you know, I'm telling you, Undertaker. The people gonna be like, and this the man y'all love so much, <laughs> Undertaker. <Yes. by> <laughs> because uh, I think I got. I, I thought I heard people saying Ric Flair about to get it again next week. I'm about to say, what what, what, what Flair got to do with Kane? Uh, not, um, he could, but not, I don't think not like Undertaker. Only reason I say Undertaker is because he wanted to be private, but to the boys, he said, I have to let the boys know. And he didn't want to let the boys know because he thought he was going to get buried on the card. Mm-hmm. And he let the boys know and turns out, yes, he got buried on the card just because of that. Just because of yeah. his his uh reason. Oh, him and DP are very bad. They are very really bad. But, no, but Kane wasn't. Kane didn't get buried because of it was a WCW wrestler. He got buried because of obviously the obvious. Yeah. And he got buried so bad to where he was on shows wrestling. He was the only wrestler wrestling jobbers with uh like on like. Uh, velocity. He was wrestling dark matches on Velocity. The only main, the only main roster person to do that. Mm. And it's bad when you wrestle dark matches on Velocity. That's like with six people in the crowd. God, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's bad. So stay tuned next week for our Canyon episode review. That, that's gonna be something. And Darkside came back with the came back with the punches today. Um, let's go on to because next week. We got the Grand Slam. AEW is in Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City. Over 18,000 seats have been sold. So it looks like we're about to get um, some dope stuff here. And mm-hmm. we got two nights. Dynamite on September 22nd, which is going to be two hours. And then we have Rampage on September 24th, which is going to be another two hours also. So they're going to be doing four hours of programming in Arthur Ashe because Rampage is going to be taped. And I understand them wanting to keep that big crowd on for Rampage. So it's going to be like a 
four hour pay per view, and honestly, if they if they book it right, it can't be like all out because because uh, the the thing is, I wonder if they're going to record Rampage first. But I mean, it, it wouldn't make sense because AW Dynamite goes live. But I'm like, but I don't know how they're going to do it because I don't know if anybody anybody's going to be able to follow Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I figured now why don't we give our predictions of what who we think is going to, you know, win for this for this big uh, mega show. I know we're going to tune into it. I don't know how we're going to necessarily review it, but we're going to tune into it. So, you ready to get into this? Uh, yeah. So he, this is this is for the Dynamite Grand Slam uh, on Wednesday. So we have Brian Pillman Jr. Whoa, you you already you already know Cody is the first match. Don't act like that. You know Cody is about to come through the ceiling or something. First off, I'm just talking about how we're gonna predict the I say who's gonna we start off the order, but you wanna start you wanna start with Cody and Malachi Black? Let's start off with Cody and Malachi because you know Cody gonna come out first, you know Cody gonna win next. No, you know what? No. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna see if Tony Khan can do it. I'm gonna see if Tony Khan got the cojones. I'm gonna see if Tony Khan got what Vince used to call the grapefruits to let, let Malachi Black beat Cody twice. Yeah, all right, I got Cody. <laughs> Does Cody come out with the dog? No, but I think he comes out with Brandy and the baby. No, just Brandy. Okay, I can see that. I can see I, that. I can see him. I can see him doing that. It's going to be like a half an hour worth of entrances because you got Cody's entrance, then you got the Malachi Black teleport entrance, and then they got to have a match. Yep. So. You know what? It's like it's, it's like Cody get his win back, so I guess they have the the rubber match at full gear. Yeah, I think so. Uh, does he win clean though? Cody? Yes. Uh, I think he can. I think he might use the boot. You or know Malachi what? I didn't think about the boot part. You are right about or Malachi the boot might part. try to use the boot and misses or something. But I think the boot is going to be involved in the pitch. I think Malachi Black should win. I think so too. But you know, Cody got to Cody got to win. But you know what? I'm gonna say it like this: Scared money don't make money. I'm going with Malachi Black. Okay. Now, Brian Pillman Jr. Flying Brian Baby taking on MJF. They had that cool promo on Dynamite. Uh, the past week when he pulled a Randy Orton. So, Brian Pillman, you know, he did the interview with JR. You know, he, he's he, he did kind of establishing a character for him. Who do you have winning? I got Brian winning. I got MJF winning. I got Brian winning because that it can make him a, a star, and uh, MJF don't need him yet. But, but it can also make him a star if he looks good in defeat. I.e. Jeff yeah, Hardy and Letterman. But they, they do that too much. Oh, you know what? But they did it, but they never did it on a big scale. Look, 
we're not considering Lee Johnson. No, a part of it. Not, no, I'm talking about they did. They have a person that look good at defeat, like Darby Allen to Punk. You know, certain people that lose that everybody know they're gonna lose, and uh, they never really put the other person over. And I think this might be the one time that if they put Pillman over, he can look good. Like he, he it'll give him a good look, and MJF can still take the loss and be on top. He would be, but I still think that MJF. Like, jungle. Oh, sorry. No, for some reason, I I still think that they're building MJF up to go eventually to CM Punk after he's done with Team Taz. I think that's too quick. Well, first of all, I think well it's kind of like a slow burn because I think CM Punk and K Omega is gonna probably have to mix up the main event guys, but they're having CM Punk go through the roster first, and him and MJF will be a good match of full gear. I think that's too quick though. And for MJF. Yeah. So you gotta think about this. He gonna have he's gonna have powerhouse Hobbs on Friday. Then he's probably gonna have Ricky Starks uh, next month. And then, oh, uh, I mean, I, I I I'll wait because it's like you already know the promos alone is gonna be great. So I don't think he wastes that. Like I think you you save that in the vault because you know these two promo battles back and forth can sell the match alone. Yeah. So I think you keep that. I don't think you want that for full gear because you're already gonna have a full card for full gear. So I think you you wait to like double or nothing or all out to do it. Honestly. Okay. I don't know, but for some reason I still have MJF running. I did. I did. They they want to do that sympathy for Brian Pillman Jr. Like we ain't Cincinnati. It's like okay, well, and besides, I I still apply my WWE method to AEW. Look strong on TV. Lose on pay per view, and that's how it's not pay per view though. Uh, oh, good point. Good point. I mean, no, the only reason I say Brian wins because they do that a lot though. Like Jungle Boy when he lost to Omega, that was like he's the main man, but he lost. So I think this might be the one time where they pull the trigger and have him win because MJF not gonna be hurt. Like you said, he could still be in the field with Punk tomorrow and still be good. So I think if Brian wins this, it would get him away from. Uh, from Griff Garrison, and he can be like a singles person rather than a tag person. But where does he go 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 to next from here? If you be uh, the star we'll like MGF, you got they, they they got they got people, so they have they had the people. They might just build him up. He might just be MJF and then start going up. You know, fighting like Danny Garth, like fighting good people, but like still winning. So so we'll see. Okay. I'm still going to pick MJF, though, but I do like your analogy of Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, tag team matchup, Sting and Darby Allen taking on FTR. So, we know FTR is going to be safe with Sting, but this man did take a spike pile driver on Wednesday, last Wednesday. So, uh, I think the match between him and Tully, I thought that was going to be on this show, but it's not. I think the match with him and Tully is going to be at full gear. I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm going to six, man. I, I'm telling you, I did it again the one on one. I did it again. Sting versus Tully Blanchard. I'm telling you, it's happening. I would rather see a, a six man would be more to their liking, but a one on one would be more my liking, so I could laugh. A six man. Who, 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 who would the other partner be? I don't know. We'll find somebody. Who wins? I don't know. But who who wins on dynamite though? I, I'm gonna say FTR. 
Oh man, I'm, if you're gonna if, if you're gonna get the rivalry going, well, you know, if that, if that star would take the pin. If you wanna get the rivalry going though, man, I have Sting beat uh, FTR. So tell you, you're going, going to get his ass whooped. No, because if Sting beats FTR, Tully just like yeah, you got to get up. I think Tully causes Sting to lose, and then Sting wants to fight Tully. Okay. You know what? Actually, I, I'm, I'm gonna go that way. I'm gonna go with FTR win the match then too. Uh-huh. For the AEW Women's Championship, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, taking on Ruby Soho. Good promo, Riot. huh? Right. Uh, uh, sorry, it's Ruby Soho. I, I wish I get. I, I wish I get next time. Uh. Ruby has been great since she come back. She got a chance to be on the mic and cut a promo for the first time because she's all been all riot squad up and everything. And I'm really liking Ruby Soho at AEW, but mm-hmm. that ain't changing. Britt Baker's holding on to that championship until next year when at double or nothing we get her versus Thunder Rosa. That's it. Hey, you calling it already? I'm calling it already. I'm telling you right now at double or nothing because they had that. Unsanctioned match at St. Patrick's Day. We're not giving away that kind of match for the championship. That's actually going to count on Dynamite or Rampage. We got to also sell pay-per-views also because we don't have a network. So at Double or Nothing 2022, which is going to be at the end of May, it's going to be Thunder Rosa taking on Dr. Britt Baker DMD for that women's championship. It's either going to be in a, it's either going to be another hardcore match, but it's going to count, or it's going to be for for, for just for, for the championship. How are they going to do? They're going to save it up and build up Britt Baker that way, and it's not going to. She's not going to lose that belt, and it damn sure ain't going to be the Ruby Soho. So that is the picture right there. Britt Baker wins this one, and she went out until Thunder Rosa comes. Okay. Your take. Oh, I got I got uh, Britt too. Yeah. What? Britt. Oh, I about to say, I you say you got every. I'm about to say, bro, explain yourself. No, no, no. I got Britt until Thunder Rose. Even though Thunder Rose has been number one since, like, since, since that match. That, that match put her at number one. She hasn't, uh, you know, claimed her spot yet. So I guess we're going to wait for it. Okay. Main event on the Grand Slam for Dynamite on that Wednesday. Kenny Omega taking on Brian Danielson, non title match. They already said on Dynamite that this was going to be a non-title matchup because he can't be so <laughs> so, so, so yeah. So honestly I don't it does not need a non-finish. I'm not AEW does not do the non-finishes like WWE does but it still does not need to be a non-finish. Who takes this win? Danielson. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be crazy if Omega steals it? That would be crazy. And that could work. But I, I would say Danielson. Because after, after you say, I don't care about the belt. I just want to fight. That's, you know, that's just how it usually works. I don't know if, it, I don't know if they would do that. But I know that's how it usually works out. How did the finish is going to be? You think you gonna have Kenny tap out? Oh, you right. Huh? Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
don't yes. know. He's that he's that he's that type of person. He don't he's he's not gonna pass he's not gonna pass up. He's gonna get up. I was even thinking that or he gets distracted and then we get a, a running knee. How would he get distracted? The elite. Why would the elite distract Omega? They won't. They come out and then Jungle Boy and Christian and all of them come out, which which will probably set up for you know, their tag team match on, on Rampage that Friday, they'll put some more heat behind it, and then did that cause a distraction I don't, to Kenny Omega, he get, he get that running knee from Brian Danielson and loses that way. I don't think so, because I don't think he would want to overshadow and set up a match Rampage, overshadow this match. I agree with you on that one. I agree with you on that one. So, I, I, I can just see him just taking a clean loss, and the only reason I say tap is because Kenny Omega is not one of those people that just is too proud to tap. He will quickly tap. That's what type of uh, heel he is. Yeah. Look, if they, they got to give him time. You got to at least give these guys 20 minutes. Everything else is looking. Look, Malachi Black and Cody and this and, and Kenny Omega is at least going to take about an hour to 40 minutes of the show. And y'all can work oh. out whatever y'all want to in, 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 that, in that other hour. Because, you know, a lot of things, it's going to be great. So it's going to be a, a dope show. But the one thing that is going to get annoying to me, and I mean annoying to me fast, is picture and picture. Yeah. yeah. That and no commercials, gonna, it's going to annoy the hell out of me. Well, it is a live show. It's not a pay-per-view, so got to deal with it. Yeah, I do. I do it a bit. Oh, man. I'm just, I'm just you know. All right, so that was the, the dynamite portion of the Grand Slam. Now it's time to go on the Friday for Rampage. Now this is going to be from ten to midnight. They're going to see how the demographic does. This is going to be the test to see if Rampage can handle two hours. If it passes the test, if they get the ratings, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. first of all, I don't think Rampage needs to be two. If you're not going to change the set, I don't think Rampage needs to be two hours. Period. I don't think is I don't think they're doing that because if they do, they're gonna have to change the time because that every week anybody gonna do that. Not on a fr- well, I mean it's on Friday though, but but who? Nobody wants to do that. Me personally, I I, I don't see why if y'all to make it two hours, which I I prefer the one hour. The one hour just works better for me. If y'all want to change it two hours, then it needs to be like WCW Saturday night. Then they will move the time up. Yeah, like if it like make it six o'clock on Saturdays, like WCW Saturday night was. Yes, or something. If y'all don't want to do the, the SmackDown thing, then move the time up or something. It's, yeah, it's just an inconvenient time. Frame. It is. I agree. I, I it, it really is. But so, but um, let's go into what we got here. This is more of the other tag team stuff match. There is a match I am looking forward to on this though, but. Okay, let's see the other way. And a JT Penelope Ford. This is only going to get what? Three to five minutes? Damn. That's how much uh, faith you have. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I am a fan of Penelope Ford and, you know, represent Philly. Shout out. But I am not the biggest fan of Anna J. She looked good, but that's about it. I am uh, not a fan you of. Need. No, I got Mandy Rose. Uh, no, all right. All right. It's uh, Anna J. I'm sorry. It's kind. Of, it's, I look at her like the Velvet Sky of the beautiful people. I was always an Angelina Love uh, 
person over Velvet Sky. I thought Angelina Love can work better. I thought she was a better promo. I thought she was a better character. The only thing Velvet Sky had over her was looks and body. That's what Velvet Sky had over Angelina Love. And, I, and now I'm looking at like Ty Conti. I like Ty Conti over Anna J. And I think. You know, in my personal opinion, Ty Conti's a better wrestler. She's a better talker. She's a better character opposed to Anna J. Anna J. just looks good. And it, I just, every time I watch a match, I'm just like, uh, okay. Now, between them two, who you like more, Anna J or Ty Conti? As far as what? Everything. I, as far as working ability or? Okay, as wrestling. Uh, I, I would say uh, Tay, Ty. Ty, okay, and how about character and promo? Neither of them really get to talk, but I guess I don't know. And when it comes to looks? Well, it's Anna. No, I can't hear you, but speak up. I said Anna. Yeah, okay, so exactly. So, like I said, so. Like I said, and I shout out Penelope Penel before because it's Philly. So I got Penelope before winning, but it ain't going to be a long match. I got Anna because Penelope is not the main one in this feud, and Anna is technically. So uh-huh. I, got, I got Anna. Okay. Now let's get into some of this going to be dope. Okay, uh, well, we got Super Click, which is Adam Cole and the Young Bucks taking on Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. Six man tag team matchup. Who do you have? Uh, Cole and the Bucks. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be an entertaining matchup, obviously, but not Adam Adam Cole's gonna be with his, his young buck his young buck people, especially on that night and yeah, no, there's no way they have Adam Cole so they lose that match to I think he's gonna I think they're gonna be the first trios. If they, they actually have them, then they're going to be the first trio. You know what? Yeah. I, when are they supposed to be introducing those belts? I, I don't know. Okay. I, I know that I said they're going to introduce them soon. So, you know what? Super Click so definitely sounds like a one that they can do. Um, the Inner Circle, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager is taking on the Men of the Year, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page. This match is thrown together a little bit on Dynamite when Jericho and Dan Lambert was going at it on the mic. Uh, I really did not care less. I I, I don't know. I'm not feeling the men of the year. How are you feeling? Uh, I, I'm not either, but it's just it's, it's just weird. So. I mean, me personally, the whole Dan I, Lambert thing is weird. Yeah, I, I, I don't get the Dan Lambert character, but also I don't get the Scorpio Sky should be on by himself. And so she eats the page. Yeah. I don't think everybody was a tag team. I was like, Scorpio Scott just got out of a tag team. Mm-hmm. So why? Yeah, I thought we were trying to see what he's doing as a single star. So why are y'all putting him back in a team with Ethan Page? I think Ethan Page came from Impact to get away from a team. He got out of a team also. Yeah, his partner is all of a sudden like the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know... Like and he don't want like the X division. He's doing the option C where you give your X division title to, for the world title. Mm-hmm. So he's just like <laughs> doing everything. Like this man went from the north to America. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, so they were trying to be solo guys, and then you put him over here, pair as a tag team. I, I'm not feeling it. Uh, 
I but I do think Scorpio Sky Ethan Page do win. They they need a winner to their belts to you know bring them some credibility. Ooh, I don't think Jericho's. I, I think I think Hager wins. Ugh. Because that I, I'm assuming it's gonna be a big part of of whatever they're doing. Because but Jericho's got a big win over MJF. He don't need a win right now. Yeah, but if you're gonna quote, have the uh, have the the other people out there, that's the only reason you would bring Hager out there and say he's undefeated in MMA. That's the only reason you bring him out there is, is to 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 do something with him. See, I gotta play out. Uh, Lucha Bros, Pentagon, Ray Phoenix taking on Santana and Ortiz versus uh, no, the Hardy family. Team, team. Oh, that's right. So it's a whole Hispanic thing. The uh, Lucha Brothers and Santana Ortiz taking on the Hardy Family Office Private Party and the Butcher and the Blade for an eight-man tag team match. Can I say something right now? Yeah. At first, I thought I was going to love it. I hate it. I, Why? Huh? Why? I don't like what happened to Private Party. Private Party? Have you, have you... Okay, so you don't... You don't necessarily see them. You just see dynamite. I I don't watch dark or, or elevation, but oh, okay. but the, what I'm saying is, private party on the main shows is less over than they were before Matt Hardy. The, like, like everything about private. Because first of all, when Matt Hardy was a private party, I was like, okay, I'm cool with them having a manager. I'm cool with them. You know, going through Matt Hardy, and Matt Hardy turned heel. And I was like, okay, so I can see when he had the big money Matt with a team like Private Party with, with that whole gimmick and swag they got. I was like, okay, I'm feeling this. Then they brought in the Butcher and the Blade, and they start doing this whole Hardy family office bullshit. I'm like, okay. And all, and it, it, it turned Private Party into just background guys who just wear tight black all the time. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I think you... I mean, I know you obviously you don't watch Impact. I mean, I mean you don't watch Dark, you don't watch Marvel, but they are actually good, and they're doing good heel work. Uh, I think their heel work is get very better, and of course that they don't show it on on Dynamite, so nobody would really know. But they're doing good, and actually, I went to tell you this yesterday because I sent you the message. They trolled everybody so much yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, that sucks." Um, they had a show, I guess, at the 2300 Arena. Yeah. It was like Matt Hardy and his surprise partner. And he was like, I always look so family. And then, of course, the music played, Jeff Hardy music played, and everyone was like, what? And then, of course, here comes, oh, my God, is that private party? And then they came out doing the Jeff Hardy thing. And they, I think they just got so good at being trolls as hills. Yeah, that's good. And I have no problem with them being trolls. I don't have a problem with them being heels. But I, I have a problem with the expansion of the Hardy family. The Hardy family office should have just been Matt and Private Party. The Hardy family office is pretty much Matt and whoever he pays to beat them. It, ex- exactly. Party. And I, I, me personally, I, I'm, look, the p- Private Party with the gimmick they had about these uh, obscure guys who just like partying and, you know, it's a private party for them. But having Matt Hardy come in with the money, turn them heel. But why does the gimmick have to go? 
Why does all this that happens when you when you get another kid? I don't know, man. I just this is, I think I think I think you just mad because you don't see him. You ain't seeing him like you used to. Yes, that is for part of the big. All reason. right, well. I mean, I, I'm not worried because they're still young. They I'm still just, got I, enough but, time. But here's the thing, but, but these people TV, I'm like, I I honestly thought that pairing up with Matt Hardy was going to get them the tag team titles. They had moved further away from the tag team title contention now than they did before. And I'm like, okay. And I, I don't care about Butcher the Black. I really don't. But I'm like, but when it comes to tag teams, I was like, okay, Matt goes with them. They turn heel. He builds them up to get the tag team titles. I don't see Pride Party nowhere near them tag team titles. Uh, and again, they have time. But they, they also had time when they first got there. And, and they was going to the truck kind of fast. Then they fell off and then they came back. And it was looking, it was looking dope. But I was just like, ugh. But either, either here or there, when it comes to the Santana, Ortiz, and Lucha Brothers not losing to New York. They, they, they're just not. And we know that. So I got them yeah. winning. Yeah, I got them winning. As the Hardy fan, as probably prior parties to pin. So, uh, we got okay. Suzuki Gun, Minoru Suzuki, uh-huh. and Lance Archer. Ichiban number one. Yep, taking on John Moxley and Eddie Kingston in a lights out match. Uh-huh. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yep. This matchup should be dope, and it needs time because they didn't get a chance to sing Minoru Suzuki's entrance, the murder grandpa, or n- nothing like that. And then they only had eight minutes. You got to get this match at least twenty minutes on impact. I-, I honestly, between the two matches, that need the most time on because I-, I don't know if Punk and Powerhouse Hobbs going to get that much time, but it's a uh, this is one of the matches that they got to get the time and. I really think Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer are going to win this. Nah, I got Eddie Kingston getting the pin. Oh, that's right. He is from New York, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, initially, people thought this was going to be Kingston and Miro for the TNT title, but that wasn't the case. No, I'd probably say that. But Eddie Kingston and John Moxley against Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer? Yeah. In a hard now, Honestly, match? though, like, if Miro, I don't see Miro losing any time soon, but if he was to lose... It probably would be this show if he was fighting Eddie Kingston. But since he's not, I don't see him losing anytime soon. But I see Kingston winning at this show, getting him a big one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can see him. I can see them like double team DDT and Archer or something, and, and winning. That should recount. Well, we gotta wait to see what happens. Uh, but I do want to see like you know Manosu got like the blood on his eye and everything. You know, looking real damaging. Uh, CM Punk taking on Powerhouse Hobbs. This matchup, I you know I want Powerhouse Hobbs to give it his all because I think CM Punk wants to showcase his kid and help put him over. I think CM Punk. I mean, I, I know he wants to put over Hobbs. But I think he, this is just like him getting back in shape. It is. I mean, so that's why I, I feel he, like he chose. He ain't losing the matchup, but having oh, no. but wanting to work with the younger guys, I think it's dope. I think working with Team Taz is a good way to get him in shape because it's more than one person, so he don't got to like change his feud. Uh huh. He can like stay in the same feud. Well, do you, think, I think, do you think Hook's going to wrestle? I yes, I think eventually he he is. 
which is weird that Hook is going to have his first match against CM Punk. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, I, I can see Hook getting in there and losing. I think Punk wins by the end of Carnival Vice, though. I don't know if he can get up Hobbs for the GTS. Mm. So I think he wins with the, with the submission. Uh, damn, submission, though. I mean, I don't think he can get him up for the GC. This, but if he I can, think, good. I think, I think he can do it. I think he can do it. Or oh, he right. can do it the, 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 the Dakota Highway, put him on the top rope, and just have him hit the knee on the way there. Oh, yeah, he can do that too. But I, I, I feel like the next person is going to be hooked. And then it be starts. Uh-huh. Maybe we'll see. But hook. Hook is for some reason getting a, a big following when it comes to people liking Hook. So I think Hook will will be there, and if not in a full match, just like a squash. But I'm showing you what I can do type of thing. Uh huh. So we'll see. Well, I mean, like I said, I don't know where, where Hooks will be coming. He, he may come after this, but I, I just don't know. I don't know if I want to see him wrestle. Uh. I think that's all of them. I think I think we really did, we did all of them so far. So that was the predictions for AEW Grand Slam, everybody. So uh, make sure you like if you listen to it on YouTube, but then we're gonna move on. All right, guys, it is time now to get into the Wednesday night or the midweek wrestling war. So call it from now on because it's no longer mm, it's not a war. So you just gotta say the mid midweek of wrestling. I guess you can just call. I'm gonna tell you right know. now. I reimagine this whole logo and thumbnail. War is still in there. Get it, war. <laughs> okay, that war they ain't changed. I already changed the Wednesday night part. Put the midweek wrestling in there. I'm like, I, it's gonna be the war. Okay, damn it. It's just like <laughs> a Vince man. Damn it, you got that. Uh... <laughs> And speaking of Vince McMahon, we got the Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard idea of NXT 2.0. It is revealed tonight, probably before we even get into... Oh, you know what, so... Uh, we got that, then because we got AEW Dynamite with Adam Cole making his debut and stuff like that. So, uh, first off, how did you think of the new 2.0 arena? Well, for one, I can tell you it was definitely Vince. Uh, yeah, oh, oh, it, 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 it was great. It, it, it looks very bright. It's like someone's blinding to some of the people that ain't had that much brightness in that long. Uh, I mean, it, it looks good. The only thing that the only thing that looks weird to me is the part of the stage, that one little tube looking thing. Yeah, that's the only part that looks weird. To me. But other than that, everything the stage looked cool. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. It looks fine. Actually, looks kind of. Actually, looks kind of cool. Uh, I mean, it's very, very fucking colorful. I mean, that's the production. You can see the money, but the way they have them, like, it kind of reminds me of the uh, Tower Theater. Dynamite. Almost, but uh, uh, that that Tower Theater that we have up here in Philly, where it's just, like seats are all the way all around everything, and the ring is right there in the middle type, type field, but it's not going very high. So it's like, it's like no matter what seat you get. It's always going to be a good seat. 
that's probably another thing that I kind of did. Like, I I wish they would have had like a second set of stands. Okay, like bleachers. Yeah, because it just looks weird how they stop right there. Like you know, like it just don't it don't look as full as they as they used to have it. I honestly, it looked more full now than it did when it used to. Because back then, you had people standing up. You had the the, the, the plexiglass gates and and, but and the without the without the plexiglass, you you it would look more full. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, looking at the pictures of people was posting on Instagram with the whole arena. It looks smaller than than what it did because of you know obviously the stage taking up a lot of space and everything like that. But yeah. we'll see how we'll see how it how it looks. It definitely doesn't look like that same performance center from WrestleMania 35 or 36, though. No, it don't. It don't. I'm like, thank God. They, it's a thing. They could have they could have did that whole arena for 36, and they only did like small little. <laughs> it's like how how did I try not think of that? But you know, I don't know. But that, that's the new thing, and we have LA Knight backstage uh, talking about uh, you know. The, the new thing at NXT, and then this guy Braun Breaker with three. I first thought it was three K's. I'm about to say really Vince, but uh, with, with, with two K's, and he uh, challenges LA Knight to a match, and I'm like, ain't that Rick Steiner's son? Yep. And they, he can't use Steiner, so okay. And I was like, so this I'm is how surprised. we're gonna do? Because you know like how much they like to say he's a second generation. Yeah, and I, I guess they won't. Well, Broad Breaker is uh, taking on LA Knight in the opening matchup, and he is like getting the best of uh, of, of Knight, and he hits Knight with a military press and turns for a power slam and wins the matchup. I said, okay, this is where we're going for the whole night because I knew it. As soon as that happened, as soon as that happened, I said they're going to put over all the new talent. Yep. Why would y'all exactly. beat LA Knight in the same night he has to have a uh, a now, four-way match for the, for the championship? I thought that meant he was winning later because that's how they usually do it. Somebody loses first. Yeah. But uh, apparently not. That no, because he, he lost twice. Yeah, there was no reason for him to lose twice. <laughs> I think he, 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 he may come to the main roster because there's no reason why you lose twice in the same night. If, if there's not uh, something going on, so yeah, so he, he wins the match. I was like, okay, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Then we get the, our next match: Imperial taking on Brooke Jensen and Josh Briggs. I'm like, oh my god, are we just tossing all this new? Yeah, we had like eight. We had like eight new people. Yo, it, it was just like, yo, let's just bring up all your CAWs, man. Bring up all your CAW so we can sit here and, and see what's going on with this one. Uh, th- this matchup is obviously there's two different styles going on here with Imperium and Brooke and Josh. Guys, it's, it's not like like Drake and Josh, no Brooke and Josh. Uh, Archer leaves him his a double underhook suplex for the win. Imperium wins, thank God. It would bro- surprise me. I definitely thought the new people were winning. So did I. So I was like, thank God, Imperium won. Uh, we're still not there yet because backstage we see Hit Row uh, 
and talk about and the guy talk about how awesome BFAB is. BFAB says, "Look, uh, all BFAB says for more than beautiful, she's more real than uh, than any other woman in NXT." Uh, so sources she gonna light up NXT 2.0. BFAB says everybody knows she can spit, but it's time for but the time for talk is over. So we got BFAB taking on Katrina Cortez. Um. Here's the thing. Uh, this was a squash match, basically. And uh, B-Fab hits a, a neck breaker and wins the matchup. Look, I know in my heart, B-Fab can wrestle better than this. But it just seemed like she was just almost healing it up when people are liking Hit Row. Like, she, oh, she was a big... She, really, she almost looked like Jay Cargill in there when she first came in. Remember that? Oh, okay. Yeah. And that netbreaker, like me, he was talking about, like, if she sat on it, like, like, like the rude awakening, opposed to just, like, you know, a regular netbreaker, I was like, she needs something. For somebody her size, I think she's something more dominating than that. So, I, uh, she needs some more matches under her belt. But, after the match, she gets the microphone and says, she, she, she thought people would say she couldn't do this? And, uh, uh, Cortez, uh, stuck her nose in the Kool-Aid, but she didn't know the flavor. And then here comes the Galdo Fantasma with Electra Lopez to shut her up. And Lopez says she, uh, B-Fat, obviously hasn't learned her lesson, so they can run it back. And this time, she won't need a pipe to shut her little yap. B-Fat says she'd love to do it again, and she can do it right now. Lopez is game, but Santa Escobar stops her. So, is that... I don't want him to get away that match too early, but... They might. He knows Vince they gonna have a non-finish. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's so God, I, I'm not using the stuff yet, neither. Um, you know, at first I was like, okay, Vince is probably booking the show, but it looks different. But then there was something that happened later in the night where I was like, oh, it's definitely Vince's booking. Okay, well, we'll get to it. Uh, Cameron Grimes, Odyssey Jones, Jack Gano backstage, just like Dexter Loomis. I was like, I get it, because they're here, Grizz Grooms and stuff like that. And then, uh, Let's see, um, uh, in Austin Theory. Dan Priest shows up, and then, because, you know... Uh, Damien Priest literally said, I'm only here for the after party, only. Only. <laughs> Is it for that? He's the, he's the party guy. I, I like that he showed up on there, but I was like, okay, cool, so I guess... Literally didn't go to the wedding. He was like, I'm not going to the wedding. I'm only here for the after party. I'm, I'm telling like you. The after party, like, I hope they, they, they recorded some of it being like an after party. Uh, Carmelo Hayes comes to the ring. He comes to the ring with this dude named Trick Williams. Who the hell is Trick Williams? I don't know. So, Some new talent that they trying to... Obviously, they got like 30 people in the performance center. So, he says this is NXT you know. 2.0. Nobody will catch him off guard. He realizes that it's the numbers game, so he called his friend Trick. And he's going to be at his side 24-7. And he said Trick's here for two reasons. He was born with the gift of gab and the gift of jab. If that ain't a Vince McMahon, I said, oh. And he had forgot it, too. He had forgot his line, too. He's always like that. Oh, God. And then he said, and that's why his punchline sits so hard. I said, what? Like, what did did, did Vince, like, actually turn to BET soul school and saw, like, an old school video? (laughs) And it's just like, yeah, yeah, this is it. So uh, he, turned, he he saw an old Don, uh, Dolomite movie. He had, he had to he had to, 
He said he's proud. Uh, Trixie, he, he's proud of Carmelo. He's the golden child of NXT, but he got a bone to pick with him now. Trick said, uh, Hayes has scored every sh uh, every shot he ever took. So why is he all humble now? He said so. So he said it, it's it's hard to be so good and so humble. Uh, so then at, at, after you know. Carmelo Hayes says, well, look, when I eat, trick, eat, blah, 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 something like that, eat. So whatever the case may be. So he said, but don't worry, you know, we're we, we going to change all that. As as they're walking back, Duke, Duke Hudson comes out, I believe, and they kind of bumps him. And then Trick was like, no, nah, this is what I'm talking about. Takes off his shirt, uh, takes off his, you know, Jackson 30th anniversary uh, Purple Shield shirt, and uh, goes and stomps uh Duke Cuxin out with Carmelo Hayes, and then now they're heels. Uh, I, I, they're all heels. I mean, technically, Car Carmelo Hayes was a good guy before this, but Duke Cuxin was a heel before this. So, does that mean that they turn face, or do they just? Does that mean that they're still faces, or do they turn heel? Mm. Like, if you turn heel on a heel, does it count? I, you know what? I don't know. Casey Cat Zero and uh, Kane Carter says that uh, Mandy Rose looks good. You know, take that mask off. Casey Cat Zero, Kane Carter take on JC Jane and Gigi Dolan. Uh, the match really doesn't go nowhere because somebody comes out and it's Mandy Rose and uh, she starts beating them down. Now it turns into a six man tag team match player. This this is when I knew Vince was in charge. I said, yeah, I, yeah. This is this is a, this is a Vince man thing to do. Uh, <laughs> now her hair is dark brown opposed to blonde. I like Mandy Rose better with the blonde hair. To be honest with you, um, but she goes hits the hits the knee on Kane and Carter wins the matchup that way. So uh, okay, you know what? I I, I gotta pause you. Go ahead. I gotta pause you. I'm watching. The, the, I'm seeing this clip from the Emmys and they got Sergio Entertainer with all of his former girlfriends and wives from TV shows. I just think that's cool. That is dope. He is hosting the Emmys tonight, right? They got him and uh, the girl from the Steve Harvey show. Yeah, and they got him and his. They got him and his wife from uh, Soul Man, and him and his wife now, Tina Arnold from uh, his show now. I don't know. I just think that's cool. Anyways, my bad. I just had to mention that because like that's cool. Well, right. It's cool. Cause <laughs> Sorry. I, I I I ain't gonna lie. I do miss the Soul Man. Uh, I like the. I, I really like uh, the other one. City Bear, and, and, and I wish they oh. do something like that. Oh, hey, Sandy. Yeah. Yeah. LaVita. LaVita. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hunter Bond. Um, so, after Indy Harwell is talking to Bryce Mays, the cancer ring takes, uh, takes the hat off and tells Indy she looks amazing as they're all very excited. Uh, William Regal announces because uh, Colorado won't be competing in the Fatal 4-Way because he got mediocre jumped by Ridge Holland and Pete Dunne. I was like, stop the press. Because I really thought they was going to say LA Knight is injured. I really thought they was going to talk to Colorado was out. I thought they was going to take out Ciampa. It was just going to be Pete Dunne and three new guys. This is exactly what I thought yes, was going to happen. That's what I thought, too. And then I was just like, oh, God, don't do this, Vince. Don't, and so now, replacing him is newcomer Von Wagner. Instantly, I'm like, oh, he's winning the belt. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, they are just 
Show just throw all these new guys out and it, it's terrible. Rich Holland takes on Drake Maverick. The less I say about this, the better. Because Rich Holland just destroyed like he destroys Drake Maverick. He should even been in the ring with him. But I was like, okay, what like what the fuck? Um Tomas Chop was interviewed backstage and he talks about it's been uh, nine hundred and eight days since he's held Goldie. And it's time he gets his redemption. Uh, Diamond Mines in the ring, and they have added a new female member to to there, along with the Creed brothers. And uh, Michael Bivens once again is gold, but I I don't know how I feel about Diamond Mines. First of all, chick is solid. Okay, she hasn't had a car since two thousand five. Michael Bivens mm-hmm. said. So now we got the Creed brothers uh, taking on Dan Jarman and Trevor Shelley. I was like, what the. Fuck is all these new people? Yep. <laughs> Performance center crazy. I know you, I, did, you say that, that, did you see that picture I sent? Uh, can you feel the picture? Oh, no, there was a Robert dude, the Robert guy. He was like, I'm fighting for my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. That's probably how they are. For That's real. how they are, man, because they, they, they are scraping the bomb like an ice cream day. Uh, Creep Brothers win. And then that's what that Diamond Mine gets in there, and then uh, he, and, uh, yeah, and and Kushida comes out. Yeah, and Kushida comes out, and he wants Roderick Strong title, you know, next week. Vacant NXT champion. So Roderick is winning the title next week. Yeah, that's what I'm here. Uh, for the vacant NXT championship, Pete Dunne versus Elliot Knight versus Tommaso Ciampa versus Von Wagner. He was out of place this whole match. I was like this. If y'all was gonna do all new people, y'all should have kept Kyle O'Reilly in the matchup. Y'all really should have just kept Kyle O'Reilly in the matchup. I understand what they were trying to do, it didn't work. And uh it was um like every time Wagner got like uh hot, the fans booed him. Cause they don't know who this guy is. I mean, would you agree? I agree. <laughs> Even though everybody thought he was going to win because they know Vince is in charge now. Yeah, and that's and I'm saying, well, you start off bad. So, uh, Ryder attacks Dunn and Ciampa uh, with the forearms. But, uh, Dunn, uh, Pete, Pete Dunn jumps to the top rope, but Knight intercepts him with a suplex. Ryder hits Knight with a double on the hook suplex for the fall. Ciampa runs in, knocks Ryder out, and connects with the fairytale ending on Knight and wins the matchup. Tommaso Ciampa wins Goldie back. See, I think there's going to be another suspicions injury vacancy happening because I'll be honest with you, I, I, I don't know, I don't understand Ciampa winning. I don't either. But how you want to say, first of all, why would you take Kyle O'Reilly out and have Ciampa win? But because I why would you think, take Kyle O'Reilly out and not have the new guy win? Is what I, what I, I think Ron like. Breaker is going to win that championship. Well, yeah, but it's like you say we want guys under 30 that's big and are not old. Tommaso Ciampa is, for one, well over 30, looks old with his beard and all the gray in it, and he's not as big as you like his, your guys to be. So I thought Von Wagner was going to be that, that guy. Obviously, Brian Baker is, is definitely <laughs> definitely winning the title. Like soon, yeah, yeah, like next week soon. Um, yeah, like 
It was like, no, it's not for sale. There's no point in even putting it on Chopper, but I guess they wanted to. Shit, I, like, like, I, like, seriously, no bullshit. He could win this joint next week. I've seen people getting all the same, like, oh, yeah, Chopper got the belt, so it's going to be good. I'm like, he ain't better have that for long, like, at all. At all, at all. They just wanted to make sure it was a thousand days. Now it is time for the wedding. Uh, first NXT wedding. Uh, to me, this is the highlight of NXT this week. In, in the best part because uh, we get the, uh, the guests are coming out I like how it's different you know the wrestlers and the Grizzly Young Vets come out MSK is coming out Casey Cat Cat Zero and uh, Katie Carter's all coming out Io Shirai Io Shirai and, and uh, Zoe Stark is all coming out so uh, so Giant Gano is, is gold in this whole thing so he uh they're up there. They're getting ready for the Valsalina. He said, make sure you got the rings. He said, oh, so you got the rings? He said, we're in a ring, silly. He said, no, do you got the rings? But then, all of a sudden, I, Kim Gerald, op- stands up and opens up his fucking blazer. And he he has the rings in his blazer. I'm just like, okay, so we're, we're doing this blazer guy, which I really don't like. Uh, I, The minister asks, if there's anybody that believes they should be married... Uh, speaking now forever, hold your peace. Almost everybody raised their hand, but I like how Dexter Lumis turns around, has his the axe that he was throwing from the axe party in his jacket, and just showing everybody like, uh huh, yeah, don't say that. So, it, which I liked, I liked it, but also, why are you there? Why is everybody there if they don't even agree with the way? <laughs> because they probably got threatened to to to, to, to do this. Uh. Indy Hartwell goes and says her vows, calls Loomis her cutty little teddy bear, and uh, uh, when people called him a freak, she said, damn right he is. He's her freak. And she recounted, you know, during those stories, she said, uh, because of the time that, you know, he snuck into her bedroom window, and then, it was like, and then he covered the microphone, and then John's like, wait, wait, what? That happened? In our house? Were, like, were we in bed? Were we slick? Like, <laughs> Jago Gale's reaction to that was great. And I like how Dexter just like slowly just covers, you know, the uh microphone. And then Real quick. Yeah. What what is up with Vince in this gay joke that they was trying to push over? I think I missed uh I didn't think I missed it. I refresh my memory. Dexter Gaylord Loomis. It's his full name. Uh, oh oh yeah, I don't know that joke because the joke didn't go over. I, like it I said, did not, but they kept saying it like catch the gay lord. Your your middle name is like they just kept like kind of pushing it. Oh wow, no, I did not. Um, that, that would that, that would never slip 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 me by. Uh, she says she'll never lose a staring contest. He he always keeps her safe. He he gets her, and she loves him. Now time for Dexter's vows, but he doesn't say anything. He just puts a thumbs up. And I thought that was cause like they're building to it. He's going to say something. And the minister says, "Well, you had no- nothing to say." He says, "Well, you really think I spent the rest of your life with a man that got nothing to say?" That he gets choked out. And then, yeah, that's none of your business. First of all, it really is. So, a- so Abraham was like, "Johnny, say something." Johnny was like, "No, no, no, I ain't doing this." Uh, Regal, Regal was like, "No, don't please don't put me up there." Regal's face selling that was like, "Yo, please don't put me up there." And Beth Phoenix steps up, and I was like, "You know what?" This is good storytelling because if you listen to a Phoenix commentary, she's been all team index since this thing has been happening. She has been there. She says, I figured something like this was going to happen. 
So last night I got ordained to be a minister. So now she can officiate the wedding. And um, she said, she said it, it's time to cut the chase. And this asshole, st- this random guy says up and says, wait a minute. Did somebody say Andre Chase? This is a Vince and a Bruce Pritchard thing. That that is the only part of what I hate it. It'd be something. It'd be different if it was somebody. Remember, who's better than Canyon? No part because you know the episode come out next week. But who's better than Canyon, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. But we knew who Canyon was. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're trying to get this new guy over. So I say it's all these new people. But bro, that I, I would say I'm over. Who did somebody say Andre Chase? Like no, nobody no. Ashley Jones ch- chokes him out. He sits him down. He gets a he gets a uh, a nice reaction. Uh, Beth says, "Any you take that should be a husband." He says, "Uh, she does." And then she asks Loomis. He doesn't say anything at first. And Beth says, "Shut it as he yes." And Loomis stops her and says, "Leads forward to the mic and says, I do." And the CWC loses. Uh, they 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 pop heavy for this jaw. Austin Theory is all like very excited about this jaw. Beth announces that they are now husband and wife. They kiss, and that they basically they had the wedding without a hitch, and that was dope. And then Tommaso Chopper is watching the wedding backstage, and then Braun Baker Breaker comes up, congratulates Chopper on his win as he stares at his championship. So that is the first ever NXT 2.0. Oh God. <laughs> They did. They did not take their time on easing this shit on us at all. Mm-mm. And when I say that, I mean it's different. Like if you give us oh, one, and also we forget Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo. Oh, that's right. The the Italian guy from Chicago, Tony yeah. D'Angelo. I'm like, what the fuck? You yeah, you were right about Tony D'Angelo. Uh, see, here's what thing. Once again. I'm sitting there saying to myself, like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Why are we doing this? Like, why why can't we ease into this? Like, he introduced all these new people that nobody cares about. They did not get over any more with the crowd than, you know, uh, opposed to until you build them up. The only thing, like, I, I love the wedding because it was, it was familiar to me. And I liked, I, I didn't have a problem with the stage, but my God, you just had these random matches of all these new people. You're trying to shoehorn in stars. That's not how you do it. You have to give them a reason. You had to build them up. You had to give some character. The only thing I would say gave any kind of character involved with people that we knew was Car- Carmelo Hayes. Did you say Andre Chase? Stop, don't. You know what? That's that's on par with how you feel. Like, that's on par with that shit right there. Oh, how you doing? Andre Chase is, is terrible. Like I'm like that was a terrible way to introduce a character. Uh, this you know uh, Italian Samboni it, from Chicago. I, I that's a terrible way to introduce a character. Trick Williams. I was like, okay, I get what he, he's trying to do, but no, I'm not feeling him neither. I'm definitely not feeling the guy that's in the NXT Championship. He got. No love whatsoever. It'd be different if he was if he was one of the breakout stars, maybe. But why would some random guy start helping somebody who's getting jumped? 
And, Col- and that wasn't even a bad enough beatdown for Kyle Ryder to, to not be in the match. <clears throat> like, for all that, you could have just did Rich Holland. For all that, you could have broke him and Pete Dunne up, break the whole fucking faction of, of team up, and have Rich Holland win it. But he didn't. Just like just like Stone Cold. You beat him up? Well, you go in. You, you do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now it's time to move on to AEW Dynamite. It is Wednesday night, and you do know what that means. It's, it's, oh, I ain't got no feedback from JR tonight. No problem. Let's, let's hope he... Uh, look, but, but, hey, 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 look, CM Punk was on commentary with them tonight. Tonight, How'd you like CM Punk tonight? I liked it. Until, um, was a guy showed up. But I'll get to that later. Yeah, no, I like this insight. It was like giving more insight to what he would do, which I kind of liked. Like, I was surprised, even though he didn't come back to be a wrestler, that he wasn't a commentator in in, the, in wrestling. So. Hey, Fox tried, but you know, there's no, there's nothing in the world that they could do to get W to bring bring CM Punk back to their company. It wasn't gonna happen. So making his AEW in-ring debut, we got Adam Cole, baby, taking on Frankie Kazarian. I was like, okay, that's a pretty decent match. I like the ring jacket, though, by the way. I do. Um, so, uh, the, the match of that was, 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 was a pretty cool matchup. I, I thought, you know, so I, I think Kazarian was a nice, solid first person for Adam Cole to get in the ring with. I think he was, too, but I also think that Cole didn't need to use all of his moves. Yeah, you know what? Because I was like, he did the Panama Sunrise, but then he after he did the the, the, the last shot, I was like, why not just went with the Panama Sunrise to help yeah. put it what, to help put the move back over? Especially since Britt Baker used it, now people but understand I, why. That used to be his original finisher, but then I was they weren't really doing power drivers mm-hmm. in NXT. So then when he started using it, he just that just became a signature, not his finisher. That used to be his finisher before uh, NXT. Yeah, so I'm saying if he just used it as a finisher, it could actually bring some more credibility back to at least to, to that form of the, of the Destroyer, not the Dustin mm-hmm. Rose version. So, Well, the Dustin Rose version is not, it's really a cold red, not really a Destroyer. <laughs> Unless he just messes up. But I feel like Dustin does it like a, you know, like a, like a sunset flip type of, you know, like a, a pinning thing, not a Destroyer. Yeah. Uh, so after the uh, after the match, Cole grabs microphone and says, "Who's ready for was for story time with Adam Cole, baby?" Hope is. I think that's. I think it's gonna be a new shirt because he said that on every show he's been on so far. Who's ready for story time with Adam Cole, baby? Yeah. I will get that shirt. I will get it. I, I think that's his new catchphrase or something because he's said that every week since he's been on the show. Yes. He said, um, uh, God, what, 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 what did he say? Oh, hope is a dangerous thing that the locker room uh, hopes it can keep up with the elite. Guess what? It's not going to happen. I've only been for a short time, and there are three guys who, who have really gotten under my skin. Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy. If they're so tough, how, how about next week's Rampage, the Grand Slam, the three of them against, you know, the Super Click, and... Bay Bay. So, uh, we get the video package of, of the Lucha Bros, uh, except the, the, the challenge for the Butcher and the Blade. And then, um, 
we get uh, Tony Schiavone backstage with uh, Fuego Del Sol, with Sammy Guevara, where he got his new car from his new paycheck. But then he wants to match with Miro this Friday, who's going to put his car on the line, which is stupid. And he said, you know, if I don't beat Miro on Friday at Rampage, then he's going to, you know, put a car on the line. And Sam looked at him like, you're, you're, you're dumb. But anyway, MJF came to the ring with Warlord. And then he said, uh, last week you, you were so sympathetic for crying, Brian. Uh, but you should be sympathetic for me because right now I'm standing in the armpit of America known as New Jersey. Uh, you know, all the cheap heat. He said, right now, um, I, 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 I'm a religious People man. People say it's cheap heat, but he does a good job. Like, he, he doesn't just, he does. He doesn't take the cheap way out of cheap heat, pretty much. Like, he, you can say it's cheap heat, but he doesn't, like, just go into plain low hanging fruit cheap heat. Uh huh. So, I, I, I like the way he does it. He said, I don't have a brief with, with all the viewers at home. He says, I'm smarting up in the back. And some of my comments says he may have offended you. And guess what? I don't care. Uh, he said, but right now, I, I, as y'all know, I'm the salt of the earth. And I'm a, I'm a religious man, too. So, as of right now, I have a conversation with the late Brian Pillman. So, he looks up and talks. He said, Mr. Pillman. And he said, wait a minute. Then looks down at the ground, look at him in hell. He said, uh, tell your son if he shows up in that awful place known as Queens, I'm going to massacre him. So, uh, MJF is interrupted by Fly, uh, Fly Brian Jr.'s uh, music. And MJF uh, ordered Warlord to, to, to meet Pillman at the ramp. But then uh, Pillman comes down, surprised MJF by just jumping from behind with the steel chair. And then Warlord tries to come at him. And then he gets he gets that dumb, you know, I run to you, I pull the ropes down, fall over type shit like that. So, that's how it was. Pillman said, MJF, if you, while you're walking up, waking up every morning, being fed by a silver spoon, I was fighting for my life. We're not in the same. My upbringing was furled. On September 22nd, Arthur Ashe Stadium. You're not stepping in the ring with any man. You're stepping in the ring with the Pillman. Get Pillmanized. I know it's a good promo. thought it was a good promo, but I, I, I'm going to need them to do something. With who, Flying Brian in the middle or MJF? Uh, flying Brian. I'm gonna need him to do something with him. Like, uh, obviously, he's gaining more of a character, but I'm gonna need him to be in the future something other than just Pillman. Do you want him to be like the loose cannon 2.0? No, I don't want him to be anything like his dad. Okay. <laughs> like, I want to be him. Gotcha. Okay. Like people saying, people saying he should grow his hair out and put it in that same style like Pillman and come up with the cane and all that. And I'm just like, that'd be cool. Obviously, uh. uh you know, it I think to his I, father. it's the mullet that's bothering me. What? Well, not, not even that. Nothing bothers me. I just I want him to be Brian Pillman Jr., not just Brian Pillman two Okay, fair enough. Up next is just like I, Dominic. People be like, Dominic should wear a mask, and Dominic should do all the stuff that Ray does. I'm like, nah, he should be Dominic, not Mysterio. You know, two You do got a good point there, and I don't. I want to see. I don't want to see Dominic get no mask. Uh. Alex Marvel is back with Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. They accept the challenge. Dante Martin and Matt Seidel taking on FTR, uh, Cashville, Dex Harwood, tag team matchup. Good matchup here, mostly because of Dante Martin showcasing him. I like when he, when it's like every time in a Dante Martin tag match now, the partner will go down and he will go on these one on two tangents that just look so awesome. Because you get to see him. Flip around and outsmart FTRs. I like watch a Jackie Chan movie with wrestling. 
it, it's 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 actually kind of cool. But uh, because I honestly, I'll be honest with you, I was not into Matt Seidel in this matchup. You would see if I was like Dick kid or something else. So uh, as they uh, as Dante Mars is getting the upper hand, he makes one more one mistake and gets caught into the big rig for the pin, which I still don't like the name of that finishing move. Uh, you say you still do it, though. I don't like it. Y'all like the big rig? I, I don't like the name, but I like the, I like the move, the shatter machine, but I don't like the big well, rig. Well, you know they named the big rig after it, obviously. I know. Lee. But yeah, the shatter machine sounds so much better. You're right. Uh, the Murder Hawk uh, monster, Lance Archer, and, you know, um, what was it called? Uh, Suzuki. No, no, his nickname. Murder Grandpa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Murder Suzuki backstage. Moxie had everything going for you in your favor in Cincinnati, but that's going to change in New York City at Arthur Ashe Stadium. You and Kiss are going to go find out what Strong Style is all about. Malachi Black made his haunting entrance, which is dope. And um, for some reason, Rosario Dawson was in the audience, and I was just like, Okay, let me looking great, but she had a Cody Rose hoodie on. And he did not like no that. No big show. Yeah, I mean, I know why she's there. Obviously, because it'll be the same thing if Snoop was there. But I was just like, why did Snoop come back for the second season? Do you know? Uh, maybe they ain't pay him enough money. <laughs> wow, I thought Snoop just had a, a camaraderie with everybody. I thought he was going to come back because I like his commentary. Yeah, if they pay him the right money, then he'll do everything. <laughs> Uh, so, Rosario is out there, and then uh, all of a sudden, uh, Malachi Black is coming up to her, and then we see, oh my god, in the big red suit, Cody Rose coming from the crowd. Uh, first of all, what was what he doing? Get the hot dog? And he heard? Yeah, but like, like, what? Why is he coming through the crowd? That's a moxie thing, but why is he, with a full suit, coming through the crowd? As Rosario Dawson just jumps, so like, why is he coming from the back, or why is he coming from somewhere? He come from the like, good point. Yeah, they get a hot dog. Let me get two of a t-shirt. Yeah, let me get a hot dog. Wait a minute, it sounds like somebody get beat up. Let me go see who it is. It's, like what? Exactly. Also, I kind of, I kind of didn't like Rosario Dawson like jumping on my hot black's back, jumping on his back and making him do the I, I, I can't get her off my back. If you want some heel heat, I would give it a black mask. Exactly. Like I'm just like, you mean tell me this dude who's undefeated and all that can't get Rosario Dawson Look, off of his back? That's why I was saying, yo, a man. Now, if they pay Snoop enough, right? I think Snoop would have would have came out there, you know, been all gangster in his face, and then he could have took the black mask or a move or, or a move. I mean. And maybe Rosario Dawson could have took it also because she a tough lady, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to say, if you want to get some heel heat, him giving her the black mask, but then, you know, to make yeah. it look good, look, to make it look good, he can't really pull that move. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. If, um, I know he, he does his own stuff. What if Jackie Chan decides to, like, take a bump? You know he'll do it for real. He would. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just saying, but, but, to, but, but to take mask. a black mask, though, like, well, I don't know if Rosario Dawson can get her hands up and make it look good at the same time, and he really can't pull it, but 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 for so much because you see what happened when he pulled the last time against Dustin Rose looked terrible. But if you were doing yeah, it, so would, that's why I wouldn't give her a black mask. I would just like give her a kick or something, something, something. 
Dead man is lethal. He can't pull back none of them kicks. Not a not a kick to the face, like mm. a kick to the gut, or you know, like mm. something, something, or just push her down. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I understand it was the whole Big Show thing. But I was like, but I'm not getting this at all. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, and of course Cody had to come from the crowd so everybody could see him on the way down. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Dan Lambert in the ring with America's Top Team, you know, so the men of the year, uh, as either pay shots AEW to respond to the challenge. And uh, Dan Lambert called AEW fans morons. Uh, then Chris Jericho Judas begins to play, and hair comes out. And then basically, look, I didn't see too much of this segment. I just know that he challenged them to a tag team. It's actually a good segment. Huh? It's actually a good segment. I didn't say I didn't watch because I didn't like it. I said I didn't watch the segment too much. I was probably busy. Oh, no, it was, it was a good segment. Pretty much, Dan Lambert was getting heat. Jericho was getting, like, this is like the most Jericho 2000s promo I've probably ever seen. Ever? <laughs> like, he made a song. He was like, Dan Lambert was like, turn that song off. Y'all only know the song because y'all read it off your iPhones. And then Jericho was like, just because y'all, we don't know the, the song, so I'm a. What did he say? I'm a fat face, fat boy, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "You know what? I'm making up right now. I'm a fat face, fat boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then the crowd started chanting. Oh they wow! Making, they made a full song out of it. And pretty much, it was like you don't want to see Hager because Hager is undefeated in MMA action. So that's why Hager was out there rather than like Sammy or somebody. Uh huh. But but yeah, nah, he brought out Hager because Hager is. Undefeated MMA action, and he's going against MMA stars, but you know, the ones that's in the ring, so it makes sense. But, uh, yeah, that, so that's how that came about. Mm, okay. Well, I'm saying, I mean, it probably was a pretty good thing, but I didn't imagine it going to be pretty good, but I think the, the, um, Ethan Page and Scorpio Scott going to win that match because they, they, need, they need something to do and something to get them over. Uh, uh, you know, Jay Car- to do to get over is not being this group. I-, I feel you. Jay Cargill, my girl, taking on legit Layla Hirsch. I think this was uh, Jay Cargill. I'm starting to see her develop it uh, in the stuff. I still think that she needs help selling a little bit better. Uh, but other than that, I think she's from when she first came in the match of Red Velvet. I think she's she's really getting she's really getting good. Mm-hmm. I think they it, it can push it like a, as a dominant heel. I like seeing her back on regular TV. So uh, she hits the you know the grand slam on Layla Hirsch and wins the matchup. So she is picking up wins. I I, I didn't see what her her um, her necessarily record was, but yeah. So she Gar- huh? She's undefeated. She's undefeated. But I'm saying, but like, what is that? Five and those? Is that ten and zero? You know what I'm saying? No, it's like fourteen, fifteen. Oh, okay, damn. That's right, dark. Uh, Taz and Hook confronted CM Punk at the announce table, and then he said, uh, "What did CM Punk say?" He said, "I know that they, they let the midgets in or something like that." And, Controls. Yeah, oh yeah. And he, and Taz said, "You try to take my job?" So uh, Punk uh, got up, and all of a sudden. Powerhouse Hobbs comes in there. It is Steve Wilson from the back. But, yo, my I, wife could not stop laughing at the whole 90s overall airbrush. Oh, yeah. That's what he always wears. I, I, I know that. I'm talking about something. She was like, who this? You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, 
It's hilarious because I was about to say, yeah, he he definitely about to uh, st- step in a Jodeci video right now. But <laughs> I I, I kind of liked how um well okay it's weird because like when when they were like in the thing I was like I, this is just me watching. I'm like, why is this curtain moving so hard right here? Like it's really moving. Like are you about to like is somebody about to like peek out or something? Uh-huh. I mean, obviously it was it was where Hobbs was because he popped out. I was like. This curtain is moving, and if you go back and look at it, if y'all, y'all, oh, listen, you go back and look at it, you can literally see the curtain is like shaking really, really bad. Today. Like somebody's like, like somebody like fighting by the curtain or something. I'm like, what's going on? That's <laughs> right. I caught him in it, Joe. That's where Hobbs was. Hobbs comes out so, and just destroys it. So Hobbs comes and he gives him a choke slam on the announcer table, and it didn't break. Is it wrong that the first thing I thought about when he chokes him, see a poker at the table, is when Ryback pressed him to that table and he missed? I was like, yo, don't let well, Will House go. I don't think, I don't, those are like impact tables, how impact tables used to be. Yeah. They're not the, break of, the breakaway tables. Look, I was about to say, because, yo, don't curse out Will House like you did Ryback. Because he got on Ryback's ass. Well, yeah, because Ryback was just, yeah, Ryback was just unsafety. Like, he had a, injured a lot of people but no that table was like how impact's table used to be where they're not made to break yeah so uh but, you know so, it wasn't like if it was like one of those regular like how WWE has the breakaway table uh-huh then i can understand but no those are like the hard supposed to be the hard non-breakable tables i'm, I'm surprised they even did a table bump on because like i said the, the table that they have is not made for breaking or not made for you know for that yeah. Uh, we um. Darby Allen is up next to take on the chairman Sean Spears. Really? <laughs> because uh, I was just like, "All right, sure." Uh, is it wrong that I still think that Ty Dillinger was better than Sean Spears? Uh, it don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, no, it's not wrong. Sorry, it's not wrong. Uh huh. Uh, Spears kept toying with um, uh, Sting, giving him the finger and stuff. He take the steel steps and put it like right there in the middle of the ring, and so you know he been throwing Darby on there, stepping himself on there. Uh, there's one point where Darby uh hits a kick on Spears outside the ring. He falls on the steps. He's like sitting there, and Darby out and goes right between the ropes, <coughs> throws his body. Do the roast to Sean Spears and he falls right backwards off the stairs. I was like, God, that looked like it. that hurt. Um, so, uh, after uh, well, hold on. Then uh, he goes back. Uh, Sean Spears tries to put the put the sharpshooter or excuse me, the Scorpion Deathlock onto Darby Allen, and then uh, he's looking for the uh, the. Uh, the, the C4 on the, on the ring steps. Darby counters. And then uh, hits a coffin. Goes up, goes up to the top. Hits a coffin drop to Sean Spears. Wins the matchup. After the matchup, the pinnacle comes down. And starts fighting members of uh, FT. You know, start fighting them. And then uh, they beat up Sting. And then they give Sting a spike pile driver. Sting and rubbed off his face paint. Just like Sean Spears rubbed off Darby Allen's face paint during the matchup. You know, Jr. They stripped their mask away. I said, "Mask," but sure. Uh, I will get better. Don't worry about it. 
<laughs> Tony Schiavone is in the ring to interview the American Dragon, Brian Damson, uh, about AEW World Championship, Kenny Omega. And um, so before this, thing, he, how, how do you feel about his name son now? I, it's just all right. I, I prefer the other one, but I do know Tony Khan was saying he had to, he, he couldn't afford it. So I'm cool. I with just it. Get, I, I just feel like it's still weird. It felt like a Daniel Bryan trap remix. It, 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 it do. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like man, they they can use the song because they, they were asking for like fifty thousand dollars every time the song was played. Mm. Like are you sit like no, it's not no. <laughs> Bro, stop. I mean, I rather just I rather just bought the other song, Flight of the uh, Valkyries. I think that's the one that they, they, they were saying that he couldn't uh, you because no no the other, no the song that he wanted was uh, Final Countdown. Oh, Final Countdown. That's right. That's right. That's it. That was his uh, other his song that he used to do. Yeah. Well, no, he can't do that. Who's Aerosmith that was drawn like that? Like, yeah, no. Um. Before they, uh, Brian Dawson can get a word out, uh, Doc Cox interrupts him, and uh, him and Kenny make a walk out. He says. Uh, what kind of sectimonious son of a bitch are you are? What a difficult decision it must be for you to join the AEW. This company was built on the back of Kenny Omega. And because you want to help the industry, and people call me a, a, a corny SOB. Kenny told me he knows how you think and that you are that, and that you really believe this. So that makes you a mark like the rest of these people. Shut up, Don. <laughs> Someday it will be about the world title, but that's not what Brian Anderson came over here for. He came over here to fight the best. Remember, this man was in the WrestleMania main event just this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he said, uh, it's, about, it's about good professional wrestling. And, I, and all I've seen is guys who hang out with a bunch of stooges and lets guys talk for him. He said, but you know what? I heard that Kenny Omega was the best, and I, he wants the best. And he says, but I heard rumors that maybe you've lost your confidence or that you lost a step. I don't think that's true. I just think that you lost your balls. So what you say? Yes or no? And Kenny Omega says, yes, we're going to have a match. They had, they had to stare down. And uh, that's going to be on the Grand Slam next week. Main event time, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus 2.0. I was like, why is this the main event? Out of anything else we could have did, I never understood why this was the main event, but sure. Uh, not. I mean, you know, it's it's it's, it's a simple like t- tag team match with two point. I'm not a big fan of two point at all. So um, so Kingston and Moxie hit Jeff Parker with a combination exploder and suplex lariat as they get high with each other. Then Suzuki's music hits, and he was familiar last week. When none of his music was played, I like how they're turning into a storyline because he would cut for time. That was a big thing on Twitter, like a huge thing on Twitter. Yeah, but I, I like how they turned into a storyline. Said trying to make up some dumb excuse about it, you know, saying like how WWE would. Uh, he felt completely disrespected in Cincinnati, and he said he was entering to face Moxley. And Archipose it comes up and says, um, you know, Moxley and Suzuki fought on top. Uh, they, 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 they fought trade lesser rights. And um, that it will be was the next on Rampage is going to be that Lights Out matchup. So I can't wait to check that thing out. 
And that was AEW Dynamite for this week. So, in your personal opinion, who wins it? Dynamite or NXT 2.0 for the, uh, for this week? I think for me, Dynamite slightly edges it out because the only thing I cared about on NXT was the wedding. I have to agree with you on that one, too. The wedding was the best thing on NXT 2.0, but we got too much Andre Chase and not giving a fuck who this person was. Where Did you say... Andre Chase, but AEW we got we got more of a bill going up into the Grand Slam next week. So I thought that was the better of everything. All right, guys. So if you guys like the Wednesday Night War, uh, obviously you guys can like and subscribe. You can listen to us on YouTube. But uh, if not, um, we are going to move on with the rest of the podcast here and get ready to uh, close the show out. I, I guess I think we I think we covered. Pretty much everything. It was a big, lot of big news weeks, but uh, we did our SmackDown review. Well, I, I didn't uh, see SmackDown obviously this week, even though I know that they're setting up for Bloodline and New Day, and MVP supposedly be injured. I think it's storyline, but I think it's storyline so we can get something for real fixed. So I don't know how long he's gonna be out. That means Bobby need to hurt business like now. Just saying, but post a com. Uh, but you know, so that's gonna be the end of our podcast this week, guys. So, uh, make sure you guys like, subscribe, and share if you're on YouTube and stuff like that. But then make sure you guys uh send an email if you have to to nerdcoalitionstudios at gmail.com. Make sure you guys check out spaciesfully.com, uh, production we're part of. Check out Lulu and Pop Plus One, Lulu and Pop Horror Show, uh, both sides, Market Dark Show, and Doing business with business with Mark Randall. Check out the Nerd Coalition stuff on there. No gimmicks in the wrestling podcast. Nerd guys and talk podcast. Drunk thoughts. Turntables here by Coach and Beyond. Also, make sure you guys check out um, Prime Massage. Uh, well, first of all, we're on all the podcast apps: Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Check out Prime Massage. Uh, podcast every single Friday along with the Prime Conversations. Check us out on YouTube uh, Premium, where we put the snippets out. We'll be back next week with another Dark Side of the Ring. Who's better than Canyon? I'm curious to see how that story is going to turn out as well. And um, check out Q Flow and the War Drum and all that great stuff. So that's the end of our show. We are doing it. We, we, we're getting close to episode 200. I plan on that being a big show. So, uh, it may be a two-parter. So, stay tuned for all that great stuff. So, uh, once again, this is NCN Place to Be Chill, Trying to Stay in D. And not Deion Sanders with Primetime. All right, sir. All right. And, Q-Flow, wherever you're at, take us out. To your ears, welcome to the show. We don't need any gimmicks, you already know. So sit back, relax, and hit the like button. Go and share with your friends and keep the likes coming. Swag on trivia and prompts top five. Either way, it's fun and you're hearing it live. Join with your host, Mr. A and E. Yeah, you know it's the place to be. It's NC. Here at Mountain Dew, it's easy to tell who really loves the outdoors. 
For one thing, there's the rack on your car and the hitch on the back of your truck. There's your garage full of toys, from dirt bikes to wakeboards. And there's your cooler full of Mountain Dew. Always at the ready. Because when it's time to get out there, you know, climb into your deer stand or your fishing boat, a cooler of ice-cold Mountain Dew, that's as important a piece of outdoor gear as your spinning rod or your four-wheeler. Mountain Dew. Get out and do.